sometimes feel that there's nobody to talk to about the things you need to talk about? Well, look no further. Welcome to the Paper Hope Street Team on the Voice America Kids channel. Erica, Rio, Yvonne, and the rest of the Paper Hope Street Team are here to discuss the topics you've been asking about. Now, here's the Paper Hope Street Team. Hey, this is Nikki on Paper Hope Street Team with Voice America Kids. We have some guests here today. Cecilia's on mic and JJ's on mic. Cecilia is new. Tell us a little bit about yourself. All right, well, my name is Cecilia Vega, and I am a junior at Combs High School in Santan Valley, and I'm 17 years old, so I'm excited. Awesome. Today, we are going to be talking about a little bit of a touchy subject, um, illness. <laughs> yeah, I'm on mic too. Hi, guys. It's oh, Mama T. <laughs> no, don't be. I know. We're all, that's a really deep subject, and we're all like, mmm, deep thoughts about this. So yeah, hi, you guys. Yeah. And we're going to be talking about illness today, right? Yeah, yeah. it's a tough one. Tough I think tough. we all have some personal stories to share, and um I don't know. Where do you want to start, Nikki? I'd like to start with Cecilia, maybe, because I have a lot to say, and I just kind of <laughs> like to let everybody else go first. Okay. And so, let's. So you have ulcers, correct? Yes. And how did you find out, and how did you deal with how, like hearing the news? And well, I honestly didn't think that I had ulcers. Um, it was just a constant pain inside my stomach. And how long did you have the pain? A little over, I think, two years, I think it was. Mm-hmm. And I, the doctors just thought it was like digestive like issues. And um, when I transferred doctors, he was like, well, let's get, you know, run some different tests. And it turned out to be that I had ulcers, which was a little shocking considering I'm a little young to have mm-hmm. ulcers inside my stomach. Do you know how they're caused or? Yes, they're usually caused by stress, which I thought was a little ironic considering I don't consider my life stressful, but I guess throughout, well, other people's opinions, I guess my life could be stressful. <laughs> You're in high school. It's stressful. Yeah. <laughs> That's a little foreshadowing. We'll get into that story in a little bit. Because I, I, I think what I'm seeing just in meeting you and hearing your story is that you can take on a lot and that there are some stressful things going on in your life that you're just kind of powering through and not even recognizing that your own body was, was starting to suffer a little bit too. Yeah. And I, I didn't really realize how much... Um, like how sick I really was until like we ran tests and everything and everything started coming back positive and ulcers is basically um like a little pocket on the inside of your stomach and what it is it's like an acid form and it just eats away at your stomach and sometimes they can be severe to where they start bleeding Mm. or they'll bleed out into your system and that's the stage that I'm at is they're bleeding out into my system and um, it can be cured they'll never fully go away but um, they can cause them to stop bleeding and um, coat them a little bit. It's a matter of finding um, the right medicine, and that one is the hard one. I've gone through quite a bit of medicines, and they've all made me sick. So hopefully... That's always fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so hopefully this next one is doing the trick. So. Yeah, I hope so, too, because that's kind of like the hopscotch of it all is is a getting the diagnosis where you're like, okay, finally, we've got some light at the end of the tunnel. 
we kind of know what's going on. And now you're in that process of finding out what's going to get you to feeling better. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Um, I know with me, I had, uh, I went through like two years, no, maybe like a year and a half of like this really just real severe, severe, um, stomach pain. It was in one part of my stomach and it was just like stabbing really. It was like straight through really bad pain. And I had so many tests on so many tests run. I had, um, blood taken. I think the highest I ever, the most blood I, most vials I ever got taken out at one time was 10 or 11. Oh my gosh. That's a lot. Yeah. That's a lot. Yeah. It was ridiculous. I think like the legal amount's nine. So I was like two, one or two over. Um, and I got, uh, ultrasound of my stomach to see if it was my gallbladder. Um, I was, uh, like puking up like stomach vial, Mm -hmm. like white, like Mm -hmm. consistency, um, acidy stuff. And, um, it was just a lot to go through. I started seeing a specialist for my GI system. I got a test, um, done that it was like a scope. It went down my throat and up the booty. So that was a lot of fun. That's joyful. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely really great. And, oh, my gosh. Um, they're like, nothing's wrong with you. We don't know what's wrong with you. And I think and that's I always like, frustrating. Isn't that like yeah. the worst? Like, I'm coming to you for help, and you're telling me I don't know what's wrong with you. And then on top of it, I got another pain in my stomach. Um, it was the same exact pain, except it was in a different spot. So now I'm having... My stomach, it was just like aching all over. And there were so many more symptoms. It was, um, I was just feeling achy and tired all the time. I kept thinking I had ear infections. Um, I was starting to get more and more, my or not migraines, headaches. And I don't know, I was just really tired and weak, really. And um, so my mom took me to her naturopath. And I had a, um, a few tests run with her. She didn't know what was going on with me either. Um, like what kind of tests did she run? Um... It was for my thyroid, um, figured out I was hypo. Um, there were, I don't know, a lot of blood tests. There are a lot of really fancy words that I'm not really familiar <laughs> with. So, um, a lot of those. And then I went back to my, um, specialist, my GI specialist, and I was on, I was put on antidepressants. I was put on, um, things for my nausea, just so many different Medication. Medications. And I kept coming back. I was like, this didn't work. This made me react in a weird way that, and it still didn't help take away the pain. And just a bunch of different things that she tried putting me on that just weren't working. Nothing was adding up. And I was like, I really don't think I have IBS because that's what my mm-hmm. diagnosis was. I had IBS. And I was like, there's just so much more things going on with me that it can't be IBS. And um, she was like, no, absolutely, 100%, it's IBS. And, like, just kind of, like, not listening to me and, like, not trying to take any different routes. Like, just, okay, this is what it is, and that's it. There's, I'm not going to, like, listen to you. And she was, like, I don't know, like, I'd come back and be, like, okay, these medicines aren't working. And she's, like, okay, well, how is this works for every patient with IBS? And <laughs> you guys don't have it? Exactly. <laughs> what was your first clue I didn't have it? <laughs> and um, so I went to a doctor's appointment with the naturopath with my mom and it wasn't even supposed to be really be about me but she was asking about me and I was like I'm still having the same problems I've been going to this doctor and she's just not listening to me and um she's like let's just test you for Lyme disease my mom's like you don't have Lyme disease like it was really just a shot in the dark like 
So I got tested for it, and two days after I got tested for it, I went back to a specialist appointment, and we told the doctor that my naturopath was treating or testing me for um, Lyme disease, and she's like, you don't have Lyme disease. Oh, my like, gosh. That's wow. ridiculous <laughs> that you're even being tested for that. Like, you shouldn't be spending your money on that test. And... Um, Turns out it came back positive. So <laughs> What did your doctor know? say? Did you ever go back to her? No. My mom did call <laughs> and complain, like, you never listened to my daughter. And That's great. now we have this whole, we spent so much money on you. And, oh, just, yeah, nobody was really happy about it. And so, um, <laughs> all the way around. <laughs> so then um, I went back and the doctor was like, you know, because, several strands get tested of your blood to see if you have it. So um, I think they tested it 14 times, oh my and my naturopath was like, you know, I was expecting, like, two of your strands to come back positive with Lyme disease, and you had 11 out of 14 strands Whoa. come back wow. positive. She was like, basically, you're down and your body's still kicking you. So it's just been a really rough ride. Um, Lyme disease is one of the most commonly misdiagnosed things. It's not um, well-practiced by many doctors. A lot of doctors don't believe in it. And I'd really like to get into the symptoms um, of Lyme disease because more people have it than... They know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we but can, We can make that up on the other side of the break if you want. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. You want to take us to break? Oh, you're listening to uh, Voice America Kids, Paper Hope Street Team, and we'll be right back. Do you think that you can't change the political system in our country? Well, one host is doing that and started at age 13. Join Connor Brantley for Hello, the Future is Calling. Our show takes an inside look at what's going on in national, state, and local government from a new and very unique perspective. Connor holds our elected officials accountable and will bring you an unbiased look at what's really going on. Listen for Hello, the Future is Calling every Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Kids. Help make a Sometimes difference. Sometimes we may sound strange, but remember, we're just kids with opinions. You're listening to Voice America Kids. Looking for an on-air community where teens talk and the world listens? Tune in to Express Yourself, an entertaining adolescent fusion radio program where passion and possibility populate the airwaves. Our vivacious teen hosts and star-studded field reporters from around the country offer stimulating segments and invigorating viewpoints connecting with the world campus of young people. We'll talk with cool celebrities, exhilarating experts, and tenacious teens with experience. Tuesdays at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Kids. Express yourself. You're listening to the Paper Hope Street Team. Want to ask a question or select a topic for a future show? Please send an email to info at paperhope.com. That's info at paperhope.com. Now, back to Erica, Rio, Yvonne, and the Paper Hope Street Team. Hey, we are back. You're listening to Paper Hope Street Team. I'm Nikki Newman, and we're still here with <laughs> all these wonderful ladies. Um, we are talking about illness and um kind of chronic illness mm-hmm. it's more than anything it's not just like a little cold or um oh i have the flu it's more like a s- 
more severe type of long term. When you yeah. think of chronic, you think of long term, and the other form of illness would be an acute illness, like um, like you said, a cold or a flu, something that yeah. has an end date to it. Yeah, that'd be nice. <laughs> Um, I was talking about how I got diagnosed with Lyme disease, and um, I was going to tell you some of the symptoms. And I have my wonderful, very fun book of um, chronic illness and Lyme disease and what all the symptoms are. So I was thinking I would tell some of you, well, all of you. Yeah, what were the ones that struck you as either being odd or ones that you identified with immediately? Um, definitely fatigue and tiredness. I could sleep for days, literally, like no joke. Um, uh, irritable bladder, Mm -hmm. um, upset stomachs, change in bowel function, chest pains or rib soreness, um, shortness of breath. I get that a lot. Like I get winded super easy, Mm -hmm. just like from like running up the stairs. I'm like, Oh, geez, like, did I just do a full <laughs> workout or what? <laughs> um, heart palpitations, stiffness of neck, that's a big one, my doctor said. Um, it's a big indicator when you get, like, really bad, like, just, like, you can barely move your neck and you didn't do anything to it. Um, it's just, like, all of a sudden or, like, you sleep and you wake up and it just... You know, it's just, like, all of a sudden, like, right now I can feel it, like, a little bit. Starting Being to get stiff. Stiff, yeah. Um, muscle pain, oh, that's a big one. Um, my legs are just constantly sore and tired, and it's really just terrible. Like, I could have been laying down all day, and I'm like, oh, You're why still are sore. my legs so... Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's... Um, headaches um, became more frequent, and now they're turning into migraines. They're literally paralyzing migraines. Like, um, even laying down hurts. All you can do is, like, cry. Sound, you have to be in, like, a dark room. I mean, light. You have to be in a dark room with no sound, and it's it's really terrible. Um, I kept thinking I was getting ear infections because mm-hmm. my ears were hurting a lot. Um, tingling, numbness, burning, or stabbing sensations is a big one with my stomach. I was getting that a lot. Um, also, in your like limbs and my fingers, I feel it a lot. It's like an arthritis pain. Um, it's just painful. I can't really grab anything. Um, and it's never like really prolonged. It's like, it comes in intervals. Um, but all of these are contributing factors to Lyme disease. There's so many, Lyme can affect you in so many different ways. It's, um, people that are diagnosed with MS are commonly misdiagnosed and actually have Lyme because it can attack your limbs. Um, there are so many stories of like, I just lost complete control of my legs. Like I just, I'm in a wheelchair now and, um, there's this really great facility, rehabilitation facility in Florida, um, and it was this girl, and she had Lyme disease, and they thought it was MS, and she went there, and within eight months, she had full use of her legs again. And um, Wow. That's impressive. Yeah. There's just so many things that could be... I get really confused a lot. I've been noticing it more and more. I'll put... Um, the other day, my dad was like, who put the ice cream in the refrigerator? I was nice. like, oh, <laughs> can I do that? Nice. <laughs> Sorry. Um, but yeah, there's just so many things and I have this book, it's called, um, why can't I get better solving the mystery of Lyme and chronic disease? Um, it's a really good thing before you go to the doctor, because it's in a very, it's a very expensive test. I would suggest maybe just reading this book or looking up, um, more information online because, um, 
I mean, if you're having the symptoms. Right. And you're not getting a diagnosis and, mm-hmm. and a doctor's trying to shove you into something that you just, it sounds like you intuitively knew that the irritable bowel wasn't the diagnosis that was going to be appropriate for yeah, you. Yeah, it was just an underlying co-infection. So. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Mean, it's hard. And it really, you know, part of us wanting to have this show is to talk to our listeners about when you do have that intuition that you know, your doctor is kind of leading you in the wrong direction. Truly, your doctor is practicing medicine. They don't are, they're not all knowing medicine. So if you're getting a diagnosis or they're trying to give you a medication that seems a bit odd, you know, so for you guys, like your age range, putting you on an antidepressant is very worrisome to me. And you guys at home can Google that and look up black box warning for antidepressants. I could be a poster child for this. Um, there are cases that I'm sure they're appropriate, but largely you guys that are just out in the world to treat your stomach symptoms. Um, there are a lot of side effects with these medications in your age bracket. So yeah. be very, very careful. Um, about taking a diagnosis that doesn't seem fitting. And I'm very happy to hear in both of your cases that you stuck to it and that you um, made sure that your doctors were hearing you. And in like your case, Nikki, you went to a different doctor that had a different way of looking at patients. It's very, very important. Definitely. And um, I think that when a doctor tells you something and you don't agree with it, Get a different opinion. Get a different opinion. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Do. With me, like my doctor almost didn't believe me. Like, okay, so one of the side effects of this antidepressant was to um, counteract with my stomach pain, but also it was supposed to make me drowsy. And it woke me up. Like I was just, they told me to take it at night. I was literally up. I didn't go to sleep till like 5 a.m. the next morning. I had school the next day. Mm -hmm. And I went back and told the doctor and they're like, it's supposed to make you tired. And I was like, well, it didn't make me tired. And they're like, well, then you must have like drink coffee. You're like, I was like, no, I didn't like, why? Like, why would I lie? Yeah. Why would I lie to you about this? It's very true. And I know that you deal with thyroid issues. I've talked to you guys, my, all of us um, on the show and our listeners know that I've had a really long journey with my thyroid. My thyroid has been hyperthyroid, which is overproduction. um, And it has its own, list of fun side effects like depression and insomnia and you know um in my in in working with my doctors they've ultrasounded i have goiter so it's very big there are lumps on it and um when you ultrasound it it looks like swiss cheese so (laughs) it essentially is burning itself out some doctors have told me that they would like me to radioactive it or kill it essentially and Mm -hmm. then go on medication um um and I'm not a fan of that because I'd kind of like it to do its own thing and kind of support it as best as I can. And so I've sought... It, what, if you kill it, how what, how does that affect your body? Your thyroid is part of your endocrine s- system and it, it monitors your hormones and a lot of other things. And it's very, very important to how you metabolize food and how uh, your moods are, um, a lot of that stuff, your weight. Um so to kill it would mean to take it completely away. So someone who has like hypo, which is the underactive one. Which I have. Right? Same here. <laughs> it it affects you similarly but different. It 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 
our endocrine system is very complicated and not being a doctor, I can't really speak to how all of it works together because right. I'm still on this journey finding out for myself too. Um, but if you do have thyroid problems, you have to find a doctor that's going to treat the whole thyroid, not just kind of the like the... I don't know, I call them the fun tests, you know, the more common <laughs> tests that everyone gets, like the TSH and your T4. You know, my, my doctors had been looking at those for year and, years and they kept saying, oh, you're normal. You're in the normal range. And I'm like, I don't feel normal. I feel completely <laughs> abnormal. Yeah. Well, here, Tam, here's some antidepressants. We oh think we, we think that this might be... Why is that the answer? I don't know. know. Here, take some <laughs> this will make you happy. Right? And You'll stop thinking happy. about your real symptoms. Like exactly. It didn't. So I did. I went on the antidepressants, and I it wasn't taking rid of the other symptoms. Like It was only hitting one piece of my problem, like the fatigue that comes along with a fluttering thyroid. So those of us that suffer with hypo, because mine was going from hypo to hyper, from hypo to hyper... Um, you can end up with a lot of fatigue and, and like my weight would fluctuate. So like one day I would be like skinny mini and then overnight I would be like, my pants don't fit. What's going on? <laughs> Help me. Help me. <laughs> to know. So I know we're kind of, oh no, I think we have a, f- a few more minutes in this segment because we ran short last one. Um, just to kind of wrap this up for you guys, I had um, blood work done and um, I was able to identify that my T3 is low. And so the doctor I have now is appropriately treating that one aspect of the thyroid. There are many men. I wish I had my chart because I'm like an analyst in my day life. <laughs> so I took all my blood for, from like 2006 and I graphed it and I took it into the doctor and I was oh like, gosh. if I can see this, you need to be seeing this. And again, like we were talking about before, you have to be your own healthcare advocate. Like yeah, I intuitively really knew that we weren't taking care of the problem. I really needed someone to get to the root cause of what was happening with my weight, with my hair, with my skin, with everything. Um, and, and I finally found the right doctor and the medicine I'm taking is making me feel better. So I'm very happy about that. That's awesome. That's great. Um, well, we will pick this up on the other side of the break. You're listening to Paper Health Sheet and Whisper. a responsible person and you're trying to do everything you can to save the planet but are you doing enough we've got the right person to help you keep on thinking green mario jr is the host of alive and green the show is all about green tips staying environmentally friendly and having fun while doing something great for our mother earth you'll want to check out the show tuesdays at 2 p.m pacific time 5 p.m eastern time on the voice america kids channel if we all do our part now it'll only mean a brighter and better future for us later We don't care how you got here. We're just glad you showed up. You're listening to Voice America Kids. What do you want to do? Are you interested in the performing arts? If so, make sure you tune in to the Angel and Harmony Show. Angel and Harmony have experience singing, acting, and performing in general and want to help you live out your dreams of the future. Whether you are interested in acting, modeling, dancing, or singing, this is the show for you. We'll even give you the scoop on being behind the scenes if you're a little shy. The Angel and Harmony Show is heard live every Thursday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids Channel.
morning. Join Kid Chef Eliana for Cool Kids Cook. Eliana is one of the youngest published cookbook authors and will show you that there are all kinds of goodness in food beyond the chicken nuggets and fries. On our show, we'll discover cuisine from around the world, learn some great cooking techniques, speak with some of the world's top chefs, and share recipes. Kid Chef Eliana is here for you on Cool Kids Cook every Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Kids Channel. Bon appetit! We don't care how you got here. We're just glad you showed up. You're listening to Voice America Kids. Bookworm is a show for the reader and those that should probably be reading a little more. We'll tackle the classics, the bestsellers, and the brand new works that you won't be able to put down. Your host will be combing the pages of them all and letting you know what needs to be in your personal library and what might be better reading for the bathroom. Tune into Bookworm, airing Thursdays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids channel. We promise that listening will be just like delving into a good book. You're listening to the Paper Hope Street Team. Want to ask a question or select a topic for a future show? Please send an email to info at paperhope.com. That's info at paperhope.com. Now, back to Erica, Rio, Yvonne, and the Paper Hope Street Team. Hey, we are back. You're listening to Paper Hope Street Team on Voice America Kids. I'm Nikki Newman, and we're still sitting here with Tamara, JJ, and Cecilia. Um, we've been talking about chronic illness mostly um and how to um just how frustrating it is really and it is very frustrating and and i i don't know too like people that don't know that you're suffering that's that's tough too like yeah. we were talking and planning about this i don't know if you want to take a minute yeah sure kind of go into that i mean how do you guys deal with that when like you've got something going on and your peer group's expecting you to be quote normal and normal just isn't there. Like right. I know with like mine, like my fatigue level can hit to a point where I don't want to meet friends for coffee and mm-hmm. I'm not really feeling like keeping up on my housework or, you know, stuff like mm-hmm. that. And so uh, I know with me, like I, I was at school, I think it was Monday. No, we didn't have school Monday. It was Tuesday. And, um, I went into class and I was just kind of like sleeping, dozing off a little bit. And my friend came up and he's like, what's wrong with you? (laughs) And I was like, I'm just not feeling that great. I'm a little tired. My stomach is kind of hurting. He's like, you're such a baby. And I was like, um, like, you know what I'm going through. Like, you're my, (laughs) you're my friend. And we've told, like, I've told you about all this stuff that's happening with me and like that you're still not sympathetic and like understanding is really like just mind blowing to me. They kind of look mm -hmm. at you like why are you always sick? Like, why can't you just get better? Is it all in your head type of thing? It's like they really don't fully understand and have compassion for it. And I think it's mostly ignorance. And well, also they're mm-hmm. like, oh, you're just blowing this out of proportion. Right? Yeah. If I would yes. have this, I would be totally being fine and being great. Isn't that funny too? Because it's like, if you've never been sick maybe the compassion isn't there and especially yeah. in your age bracket well and i as minutes as that came out of my mouth i'm like wait a minute i can think of ladies in my own age bracket that are like mm, why can't you just get over it why yeah, can't exactly. you just feel better so i strike that <laughs> <laughs> i think that's just how some people are maybe that- i think it's good to have those friends that like make light of the situation like my mm-hmm. um my friend zach he calls me like limey and i don't know it's just like easy like it's fun to like joke about it because it's not mm-hmm. so stressful and you're not mm-hmm. like like and he understands and like um, one day, like, my wrist was really hurting, and, like, I was having, like, those arthritis pains, and he rubbed it for me, and he was like, all right, Aww. Lime, I'll do it for you. Like, Aww, it was, like, being, like, a sweet guy, you know, and 
Um, and I think it's good to have, like, those kinds of people in your life and not people that are, like, always, mm-hmm. like, get better. You suck for having Lyme disease. Like, a, oh, I hate you. Yeah, there's, <laughs> like, no, ta- there's no time for that because we were talking about this in planning. If you're not met with empathy in your most vulnerable moments, it's probably not good to be sharing, like, how you're feeling or, like, stuff yeah. like that with those people because they're not ever going to understand. And, and maybe that's just their walk in life. Um, hopefully you have, like you say, you have someone in your life that is meeting you with empathy. Yeah. And, um, I would encourage anybody that's listening to that. If you are suffering with a chronic illness that you'd be, you know, choosy and selective about the people you share it with. You don't have to be giving your business out yeah, to everybody to everyone. because yeah. everyone's not going to understand. Um, but it is important to find those people that will understand that you can confide in and that will meet you with empathy so that you feel validated. And if you know someone with chronic illness, that yeah. you're that person to them. Because I think mm-hmm. um, helping out with other people can make you feel better about yourself also. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's an important role to play, being a caregiver for someone who is suffering from an illness. I think being a friend to somebody that has a chronic illness is a bigger job than people realize. Oh, my gosh, it is. Because not <laughs> only do you, you should be supportive, but you should make sure that they're not overthinking things like mm-hmm. I know with me and my ulcers and everything I don't want to s- constantly have to be explaining to my friend <laughs> yeah, over right. and over like no I don't want to do this or you know I want to be able to just go out and have fun like we used to before I found out I was diagnosed with um, ulcers mm-hmm. so uh, just being there and you know and not helping treating them, them differently because yeah. I yes. feel like, like if, That's a big if somebody like is like, okay, let's go out and do this. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I want to go out. I want to have fun. I want to live my life a little bit. They kind of look at you like, Uh, can you do that? (laughs) Yeah. They're like, maybe maybe you should take a break. Like, no, I'm good. If I tell you I need to take a break, then we'll take a break. Right. Let me be the guide of that. And then also (laughs) respectively backing off. Like, come on, I really wanted to do this. Like, don't make me feel guilty because I I just, yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah, so basically being a support for that person and, and having some compassion. And you guys, those of us that have illness or have conditions that we need to be um, aware of, having a friend that lets you lead, lets mm-hmm. you dictate yeah. how you're feeling. And I think being being that friend, you need to be more um, aware of the signs of and the limits of your friend mm-hmm. that has the chronic illness. So you know when to be that supportive person and be like, no, come on, you know, let's go have fun. You don't need to be stayed in the house. Mm-hmm. And then know when, okay, that's enough, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you need, it's kind of like you need to find a median balance with that person. And it's hard, but if you really want to help out your friend, it's a good thing to develop. To be that support. What about when it's like in your family? Like I know with me, like my grandpa had a chronic illness and it was just really hard to like constantly be around that. Like how do you separate like your life from like their life? Like, cause I always wanted to be at the hospital. I always wanted, like I was always thinking about them. Like, so how do you. I don't know that you do separate because I, you know, we were sharing and planning. My mom has survived stage four lung cancer and it, it, it took years, I mean, years to get through. And so it was like constantly on my mind all the time, every day. Um, and being her support and being the support to my family and my father, um, I don't know. I, I think like we were talking about in planning, the, 
the only thing I can tell you is that I ended up living in the moment. I, I ended up living for today and, and sometimes not even for the whole day. Sometimes it was this moment, this minute that I'm here with you. Mm-hmm. Um, I can tell you how I feel about that. I can't tell you about what the next minute might bring me because I might be in tears. I, I might yeah. be so angry that I'm throwing and breaking dishes. I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, there was some beauty in that lesson. Um, it's something that I, I wish for no one to ever experience. But if you can find the beauty in that moment and recognize that, you know, it is okay to be in this moment. It is okay to feel the way you feel in that moment. Um, but no, and again, I, I, I thought about it all the time. I, I still think about it. Yeah. And she's in remission from her lung cancer. And I still think about it. And I, I think about how horrible it was. And it, yeah. it is horrible and hard. Yeah, and then, I don't know, like, with me, like, with my grandpa, he was, like, refusing tests yeah. to be done, and um, he was in and out of the hospital the last year of his life a lot more than, more so than usual, because he wasn't the healthiest person, but, um, yeah, and he just, I think it was the CAT scanner, the MRI, and he's like, I'm not going in that machine, and um, I think it was three or four days before he died, we found out he had stage four liver cancer that had spread into Mm. his lungs. And it was just like, I was just so max. It was like, how did you not do this test before? Like, Mm -hmm. how have you been doing so many tests? And you guys have been so busy with all this, like, while he's been in the hospital and you guys haven't done this test that you did four days before his passing. Like, oh, I wanted to sue the hospital. I was just so (laughs) angry. And I think, um, that was kind of like having to do with like the five stages of grief. Yeah. Let me get those for you through that anger, um, I don't know, like, so I guess I'll tell the story of my grandpa because, um, it's, I don't know, it's really hard for me to talk about still. And he passed 2010, I think. And, Mm -hmm. um, I just think you never really stop going through that like roller coaster Mm -hmm. of emotions where it's like one day you're okay. And like, I don't know, there's never a day that goes by that I don't think about him, but, um, like some days it's harder and I miss him a lot more. Um, it's very it's hard. hard. It's, it's hard really when hard. you yeah. lose somebody in your life. And I think in your case too, Nikki, they were, you know, trying and trying and trying and there's hope, 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 you know, and then at the very last moment, no hope and yeah. he passes. And I think that sudden kind of, well, wait a minute, you know, you reel from it. You're just reeling and reeling Yeah, and well, hard to get your footing. All of a sudden. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're like, so used to having that person there, mm-hmm. like always talking to them and Nikki. I know that you were close with your grandfather and to like have him always be there. And then just one day, bam, he's like gone, especially mm-hmm. like when you barely just got diagnosed and then you're like, okay, now that we know exactly what we can wrong, handle it. Right. Mm-hmm. And then four days later he passes. It's really tragic. It's very it tragic. Yeah, yeah. The same thing happened to me. It just, you never really forget about it. Yeah. It's, definitely a life experience that I think everybody has to go through and um, mm-hmm. we'll finish talking about it on the other side of the break yeah. um, you're listening to Paper Hope Street Team What about the world concerns you? Is it future success? Is it world issues? Are you just looking to change the world in general? Tune in to What Up World? It doesn't matter who you are, where you come from, or what you look like. Everyone is entitled to the same chance for success. Follow your dreams. Move forward. Make a difference. 
Tune in to What Up World every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids channel. You're listening to Voice America Kids now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring. Are you ready to explore the amazing world under the sea? Your host is a certified scuba diver, explorer, he likes to cook, and most of all, he's just a kid like you. You'll find out a lot more lies under the sea than what you've seen on TV, in movies, and even in aquatic parks. You'll learn about all kinds of fish, as well as other sea creatures. We'll take you to some exotic destinations and so much more. There's a whole big world under sea just waiting to be discovered. Tune in to Under the Sea, Wednesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on Voice America Kids. You're listening to the Paper Hope Street Team. Want to ask a question or select a topic for a future show? Please send an email to info at paperhope.com. That's info at paperhope.com. Now, back to Erica, Rio, Yvonne, and the Paper Hope Street Team. Hey, you're listening to Paper Hope Street Team on Boys and Air Kids. We are back and talking about a kind of really sad subject. Deep and sad. <laughs> the funnest but it's necessary i think i think it's very necessary because i don't think people talk about death and illness enough and if we can if you can get anything from the show today you can see that there are different perspectives on the subject and if yourself if you have a chronic illness how you want to talk about it i think you should be talking about it with trusted friends um maybe you're a listener that's dealing with death dealing with grief um I don't think in society we talk about it enough. I was so thankful with my grandmother because she talked about it for a long time. <laughs> and at first it was like really uncomfortable because I was like, why are you talking about this? You shouldn't be talking about this. That's a taboo subject, right? You don't talk about death. But then the more she talked about it, the more I was really thankful that she did because she had a very healthy outlook on death. She was like, I am going to die. And I don't know when that day is, but when it does come, I'm going to come back and see you. She had a very strong faith and she had a very strong belief that there were ways for her to communicate with me from beyond passing. And um, when she did finally pass, I was so grateful that we had had all those conversations. So if you're listening and you're afraid to talk about death, um, don't be. Bring it up with a trusted source or a loved one and, and let them know how you feel about it, whether you're scared or worried or, or maybe you have a faith that you believe and you have some happiness on the other side of that. Yeah. Maybe you just need to cry. Yep. That's what I... True, most right? Most of my conversations were just me crying. <laughs> Let's <Yep>. talk. <laughs> <laughs> I do want to give our listeners some steps that, that we've found um, about grief because none of us here are experts. And don't even pretend to be about it. Yeah, I just, no, I just no. know I've experienced it. <laughs> um, so some of the some of the symptoms that you're in in a stage of grief, and if you're finding that they're impeding your life, I would highly recommend that you seek out a grief counselor. Or if you're dealing with someone who has a chronic illness, maybe yourself or a loved one, that you seek out the help of a therapist who can help get strategies around how you're feeling, because it we may not have all the answers ourselves and it's okay to reach out for help. It's okay to be like, I'm not okay. I'm really not okay. And it doesn't like when you go to like the therapist and stuff and you talk to your friends and your family about it, it doesn't necessarily mean, and like if you were to start crying, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're weak. It just means that you're strong enough to actually actually ask for help. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. actually start dealing with it. It's Mm -hmm. a mature route. Yes. Yeah, because if you stuff that stuff, that's when you get sick. I mean, yes. that's my personal feeling. Um, okay, so 
some of these you might recognize in your own life. Denial and isolation. I say these kind of tongue-in-cheek, you guys, not to be disrespectful, but I recognize them in myself and they make me laugh. Denial's a good one, right? Yeah, I went through that. More, More of the isolation Right, where you're like, yeah. I'm fine, stay away, I don't want anyone to yeah. know how I'm feeling or see me. I don't want anyone to see me in this state. I kind of get that way sometimes too. Or it's yeah. like, I'm a little bit of a wreck, I'm a bit unhinged, and I don't want you to see me. I like to pretend yes. like everything is fine. <laughs> yeah. Denial. I'm all great. This is you all go to the really bathroom, cheeks. take a few deep breaths. <laughs> cry your eyes out while you shower, get out. I am so great. I, yeah. cry, I cry in the car a lot when I'm, I'm alone and I'm like, this is terrible why am i doing this i find the best place to cry is a shower yep oh, because yeah. then like you're not excuse. crying i got soap in my eye <laughs> yes. this is what actually happened it's all red <laughs> it's all red another stage in grief is anger oh yeah. that's, that's a good one. one that's yeah. a good one that's and that was one. my let's sue the hospital yep. stage <laughs> anger yeah that's sue the hospital because that one goes right into the next one and that's bargaining and i didn't really know what bargaining was until i read the description but it's it's making statements like nikki was saying um you know if the hospitals had already had done those tests if they had only looked deeper if i and then you could also put it on yourself and say if i had only been a better caregiver if i had only if, if only statements. yeah you yeah. start <laughs> bargaining i guess and then um depression this is another one which is Oh, so true. And it, and I can't really speak to it. I can speak to it from my own experience, but I definitely want to get like an expert or a counselor on to talk about how it manifests in teens. And just to kind of seed that conversation, depression presents differently for your teen than it does for adults. And mm-hmm. I don't know if our listeners know that, whether you're a teen or you're a mom listening. Um, I don't think I even knew that. Mm. Yeah. Teen depression can manifest more in anger and lashing out and irritability than like your cat- your um, standard categories for adults. So yeah, we'll, we're definitely going to have a, yeah, a whole a show, show on that. A lot of parents I talk to don't know that. <laughs> oh, and then this last one that made me laugh in planning when we were reading it, and that's acceptance. <laughs> so I'm like, really? You ever get to acceptance? I was like, kind of missed that step. Yeah, and didn't it say that it- Acceptance, acceptance was a gift. Really? <laughs> <laughs> it's a package that's not arrived. Yeah. <laughs> I think I've hit that spot. Like, um, my music mentor passed away, and I just gave up on music and never wanted to do anything Aww. with it again. And, like, the end of last year, beginning of this year, I'm like, maybe I should get back doing it. Like, maybe, you know, it's okay if I can have the confidence in somebody else to mentor me in that field. It's just really hard. It's very hard. I still haven't done it yet, but I'm convincing myself. I like that you're thinking about it, about though. It. I'm totally on board with the thinking this. about it. I can. Maybe. I know with me, um, when my grandpa passed away, it was my aunt's birthday, and um, we all went back home. He died at like five something in the morning. We all went back home and went back to bed. And then I just didn't wake back up until, like, I heard, like, this, like, noise outside my room. And, like, people were, like, ordering pizza. And it was kind of like like a little mo- like a little mini party. And I was like, okay, that's cool. Like, that's how they're dealing with it. But then I felt, like, kind of pressured for them. Like, they're like, come out of your room. What's wrong with you? And I was like, my grandpa just died not even a day ago. Like, just let me deal with it. And I feel like it was kind of foreign to them, like, why like don't mope around about it but i feel like you have to deal with it in your own way mm-hmm. and it's not like i had been in my room for a month and i was just so depressed and i mean that's unhealthy and that's where parents it- we might intervene if you were in your room for a month <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but i mean if it's literally hours after it happened and 
like I'm still processing. Like, I just feel like you need your space and, um, you need to deal with it the way you need to deal with it. Yeah. It might've been in a little bit of shock too. I've seen that in some kids recently lost their mom. Um, complete shock, just denial and shock. Yeah. And I know the anger also at his funeral, he was like, it was like a funeral in one room and then awake in the other. And everyone's like, Oh, he looks so good. And I just got so mad. at Everyone's like, he does not look good. He's dead. Like, I don't know. I would, yeah. yeah, I don't know. It just made me really mad. Isn't it interesting? Like, you know, people's reactions, you know, everybody's reactions are different to, to death and to how it's going. And that, I think that's really hard in families too. I'm glad that you took the time that you needed to step away from that and kind of not participate in a a non-authentic way that you were true to how you were really feeling. That's really important. Absolutely. Taking a peek at our notes. (laughs) We're almost done. You guys, um, any, any thoughts on what we've been talking about? Any last things that you want our listeners to know? This is, this is a tough one. It is. It's not a one size fit all. Like I had said, like in the break, I want our listeners to know that just because there are steps that you don't have to sit there and be like, okay, I'm waiting for the next step. Oh, like point. it's one, two, yeah, three. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm like, three. <laughs> I'm almost <Yeah>. done. <laughs> yeah, like there are definitely days when you yeah. go forward and then when you come back and you're like, okay, now I'm feeling grief again or yeah. now I'm feeling anger all over. Exactly. And I think you should take your time, like not... Yeah, like, take your time into everything. Like, my grandfather passed away a few years back, like, around the same time Nikki's did. And I'm still, like, in, like, shock. Like, I really don't Mm -hmm. believe he's fully gone. But I can feel myself stepping into, well, what if I could, like, what if I went back and talked to him more, you know? Mm -hmm. And then there's Nikki, who's, like, three steps ahead of me. But I'm okay with where I am right now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because you can grieve backwards, forwards. And the other thing, too, I wanted to point out is you can grieve for your family that's alive and suffering from illness. So definitely if you're in those situations, look up grief, get a counselor. Yeah. Like I never cried up until the funeral and everybody else around me had cried. So Mm. then... We go to the funeral and they're all fine and I just started bawling. Oh and no! I just couldn't stop it. My yeah. friend turns around and is like, "Are you okay?" I'm like, "I'm at a funeral. Like, <laughs> what do you think? Why would I be okay?" Yeah, no, I don't know. But I think this has been really helpful, even for me. Like, just talking about it and getting it out there. This show has always been kind of like a little bit of a therapy. It's a little session. cathartic, right? I hope yeah. it is for you guys listening too, because we always have like these moments where we're like, "Oh, we're really connected. We're like connected with each other, and we're connected with you." And lets you know you're not alone. No, exactly. you're not. You're, you're not. not crazy. You're no. not the only one feeling this. No, you're not. And <laughs> if you're normal out there listening, and you want to share with us your stories um, about or prayer requests, oh, if you're into that kind absolutely, of thing. I am. You know what? I know that that's part of how my mom survived stage four. We felt the love of prayer. Oh, I get all misty-eyed when I think about that. Like, that's powerful. So, yeah, let us know what's going on in your life. You can email us at info at paperhope.com or find us on the Facebook also, Facebook backslash paperhope. You're not alone. No. (laughs) You've been listening to Paper Hope Street Team. Thanks, you guys. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening to the Paper Hope Street Team. Be sure to check out the blog at paperhope.com for more during the week. And we hope to see you again next Monday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids channel. Bye for now. Oh, my Lord. 
is Lindsay Marie from Bookworm, and now from the Kidstar Album of the Month. Here's Mr. Saxophone, Dave Farther with Gravy Stain. Gravy, it gets on your clothes. Like why you eat it, and it comes out to no woes. Baby, I see what you weigh. on your plate Now your mom is screaming Milton's not a game Now mommy is all insane about a baby steak It's a great big game to clean a gravy Saxophone from the Kidstar Album of the Month. Check it out on our website, kidstar.org. <laughs> 